T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein. Uh, I've got to get on a plane. Apologies to all for my lack of professionalism. Peace and love. Bye-bye. Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. We there. Lawrence Holmes. Pedro Grifol is like singing my life with his words. You know what I'm saying? There is a crispness to what's happening inside of the drills that the White Sox are doing. I don't know if any of it is going to work, but at least I know that the manager is aware of the problems that have plagued this organization and is trying desperately to fix them. Layla Rahimi. Those are the fundamentals. We've been harping on this for years now, and they had to start somewhere. Correct. So if this is where they're starting... Good. It still bothers me that it took a third party, somebody from the outside, to come in and say these things because you should know. It's kind of like when football types use the excuse, we'll have to look at the film. If you have to look at the film, it's too late. You should be bothered by that in the game. You should recognize that in the game. Same way when it comes to these things. This should bother you real time as it's happening. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk. I'm just sick and tired. Of our guys getting smashed down there. Smashed! On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yes, Bruce Pearl is very upset. That was a that was an excellent. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I think that the folks down at Auburn Radio did a great job with that interview. Because they knew that he was simmering and they just kind of kept going until they got the walk-off. One thing I have learned, by the way, in these college streets, the children of Gen X, is that Gen Z will also get that opportunity. Yeah, I like those Gen Z kids. I like the the DGAF aspect. Yeah, I, I, I admire them. And when I have them in my class, I'm just like, oh, all right. And they're like, yeah, Grandpa, what you got to teach us about this broadcasting thing? Once you realize... That uh, millennials are absolutely the children of boomers and that Zs are absolutely the children of Gen X. It just makes a lot more it sense. It does. It totally makes a lot of Let's sense. Let's face and, it. I'm a Gen X angst stan. Yeah. I love that. And that's why, like, I feel like that's honestly, like, why I vibe with them, where I had, like, the group of, yep. of, of millennials that were in my class. And they were fine. Like, I didn't have any problem with them. But the Gen Z kids, man, I... 
I feel like I get them and they get me. Oh, that's it. That's it. They like Gen X didn't care and then Gen Z out not cared them. So so I had this moment, Layla. And by the way, that's Layla Rahimi. She's here with me all the day today. Hi. And that was planned. Like that's this is when we knew that Dan was going to be out. So we're hanging out with you until two o'clock. I had this moment and it's great. Like I honestly felt like such an educator in this moment where I was talking to the class and we don't use books. Like my class isn't books. We do a lot of current event. We watch a lot. We listen a lot to stuff. We react to it. We put them in the booth. We have them work on stuff, their delivery, all sorts of stuff like that. But they were talking to me. I was asking them about where they get their information. Because that's important. I want to know where they're learning. Thanks, Ray. Where they're learning their stuff from. And and we were talking about you have to be diversified in where you get your information from. Like, don't just get your information from ESPN or Barstool. Make sure that you have subscriptions. And a lot of – I try to get them to get some of these student subscription rates – so, you know, the, the athletic, the, for example, they have right. a really good one. The athletic has one. And I think the newspapers actually do, too, although it's pretty inexpensive to get a subscription for the newspapers online anyway. NBC five is free family. There it is. And I, that's what I was talking to him about. And then for some reason, we got on the topic of books. And it was so funny to me because they've been raised where books aren't as important. And they basically were like, so there's information in books. And I'm like, yes, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of information in books. So we did a book fair, Layla. Because you know, you know how it is. We get books and stuff all the time. Like publishers, authors, like they send us books. So I literally walked in with a wagon of books like the scholastic red wagon mm-hmm. book fair style and and i just said to him i was like i have books on a, a bunch of different things who's interested here's a book on hockey i actually think i gave away a copy of jay zawaski's book on the blackhawks and it's like oh here you go and it, one of the classes was literally me handing out books and it was great it was and you could see them like holy crap there's information in here Yes, there's a lot of, some of it. Don't college kids have textbooks? Not really anymore. Textbooks? Not really. Like, they do, but my, it's my not the same as, and do. it's not the same as what it was when we were spending $500, $600 on books. You know, if you look at the list of, 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 of the, the different professors and what they require, especially for comm kids. Because the, the industry changes so fast, a lot of the books are outdated. And you're getting better information from... Yeah, your... those were those were never my most expensive books. It was always like the $300 political science book that I needed. But I, I feel you. Yeah. I just, I, I know that my siblings still have, but they're, you know, but then again, they're, uh, the last school they had was both graduate degrees and it's been two years, so... Well, I'm looking forward well, to a year and two. I'm not teaching this quarter. I think I'm teaching fall. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Like every one of these classes with the next group of kids, I'm like, oh, I need to add more stuff. And that's one of the things that I'll add. 
like finding books for them to be interested in actually sitting down and reading and them starting a book collection. And then maybe when they're older, giving away books. Because I had a lot of books that I had read, and I'm like, some of them I keep. Like, Blood, Sweat, and Chalk is my favorite football book. Sure. So Welcome I, to the Big Show is never leaving my bookshelf. Right. So that one stays on my bookshelf. The best American sports writing from 1996 that my mom got. Exactly. I, I kept, and you know what's great? Now I live in the city where many of those writers uh, are. You're damn right. So giving them something else to add to their proficiency with the, the internet and with editing, and I, I find I'm amazed, honestly, by them when it comes to some of that stuff, like how quickly they catch on. It was kind of quaint, like literally like rolling in with a wagon. Hey, y'all, I got some books. Would you like a book there's also, about sports? There's also just the act of loaning a book to somebody that I really enjoy. Yeah, me too. Or like being loaned a book. Yeah, I, I really like I like to gift books. Like that's a big deal for me. Uh, if I feel like it matches up with, with someone and you, you feel like you can catch a vibe with them. But that was what was cool. It's like, hey, here's a book about college basketball. Who likes college basketball? Boom, throw them the book. And then they hopefully go read it and enjoy it or take what they need from it. Maybe it isn't. What, that's one of the things I love about Blood, Sweat, and Chalk is that you can go, you don't have to read front to back. You can pick and say, okay, today I'm going to learn about cover two defense. Like, I'm just going to read the chapter. And then you're like, well, wait, why did that happen? And you go back a chapter and it's West Coast offense, begats, cover two defense. And you know what? I mean, and it's, you're right. That is, that is absolutely in books. But I, I do a, YouTube is my, big like watching video fundamentals place to go to there are so many good coaching breakdowns like tim jenkins's youtube channel is fantastic tj o'sullivan's channel the qb school is really really good i spend a ton of time like watching and breaking like youtube is kind of where i go to like i love kirby smart's defense like i so i end up like watching because he's doing this thing uh it's mint defense that he runs and then the the push and pull of defense overall, where we were in this place where you had to have hybrids. And usually your hybrids were guys that were, let's, this isn't a perfect analogy, but let's just say Brian Erlacher, okay? He's a hybrid because he's built like a linebacker, but played like a safety. And you need more and more of them. And now we're getting to the point where it's like your defensive linemen have to be hybrids because of how fast offenses are evolving and the different things that they can do and the, the idea of conf, the conflict defender. Offenses are so good, the defense can almost never be right. And with a lot of the, the, the RPO stuff, if you do it right, look at what the Eagles did this past year. The defender can never guess right. He's because if your quarterback's smart enough and he goes, okay, that defensive end or or that linebacker is crashing. Well, now I know what I'm going to do with the ball, and they make that choice. And you have to have a quarterback that can react quickly enough to to make them pay for being wrong. I I think uh, as a sports fan and especially as a show host. You have to have certain mission statements when it comes to how you view certain units of teams. 
And to me, like at this point, defense's job is to just wreck the opposing team's plan. Mm -hmm. Like however you can wreck that plan, you're going to have to wreck it. Well, see, I love the push-pull of this because if you now have, like think about it, if you've got a defense filled with hybrid defenders, because that's what offenses in the NFL have called for, the countermeasure is, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a big, beefy offensive line, and we're going to run the ball 35 times a game because we're going to take your hybrid defenders that are a little bit undersized, and we're going to push them around. That's always been the formula, though. Always. Even in the wackiest college offensive schemes, they were still predicated by the run if they were run properly, which is why I say that with the asterisk, because do you know why? Why? Certain coach in Arizona just got fired because maybe he didn't run the ball enough at the college level. Uh-huh. Because he was running an oop-de-oop offense. And Which then he I brought love. And brought it to the NFL. But you have to base your formation on a run first. I think that's why I get so excited, Layla, about what the Eagles have done and the things that I hope that the Bears can take. Because you can see with the quarterback, you can see and go, okay, I can totally imagine Justin Fields doing that. I look at San Francisco's offense and I go, I can totally imagine. Like, I, I still think of, the Rams offense tracks here. Yeah, I think so. Just I, because of the base set of formations, I've always appreciated that. So wait, do you think the guy that was complaining about me talking, us talking about Gen Z and Gen X in school, um, do you think he's okay now because we went super hardcore football on him like that? You think he's all right now? You Is think they're really listening that much? I think Is it better now. I think those people just listen to see if they can hear us say something they don't like, whether or not we actually said oh. it, and then they just go with that. I mean, because if they really were listening, then they wouldn't be the type of person to be bothered by such things. However you want it, fam. If if we can have a lot of fun, or we could go like the two of us, we could go like super hardcore football, basketball, baseball. However you want. I'm it. I'm not programming for those people because you they're codependent, it. regardless. So oh. they can just pound sand. Oh, a, so a texter said that I should write. This guy says, Lawrence, I'm a retired professor from Harvard Business School. I strongly encourage you to write your own book for your course. It will make you the subject matter expert and help expand your. Yeah, uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I'll reach out to you via email, um, Steve. I appreciate you you saying that. I <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, six through. I was like, YouTube has everything. It does, it man. Does. I love YouTube. That's it, really. I've been kind of thinking you. about that as far as like a PhD goes. Like that would be a YouTube channel. No, no. Like <laughs> like writing a book and and that being my thesis. But I talked with a friend of mine who I really really respect, and he goes, "You could." You could spend the five years doing your PhD work if you want it, but you're a scholar practitioner. Like that's how I view myself. I don't I'm I'm a scholar practitioner. I teach what I know. Right. And media is a trade. Let's let's just Correct. Journal you do have to know laws. You do have to know media law. Yeah, but, like 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 slander is, and libel. Correct. And, but and, this is a trade. Like don't ever. What's you laughing at, Ray? You laughing because you knew exactly where I was going with that? Yes. You know, like you have to you have to prove that people knew that they were putting someone on the air was going to lie. You have to prove. Never mind. Never mind. You know what? Sometimes I like to use a phrase. Acting guilty. Acting guilty. Like sometimes people. They be acting. Haven't actually. It's a telltale heart kind of deal. Oh, that's a nice. That's a good reference, too. 
But yes. Look at all the- Sometimes I'm like, why are you acting guilty? Literary references and whatnot happening on this show. This is fun. This is what Fridays are supposed Unless to be all really about. Unless you're not really listening, then okay, just say what- Like, you said this. I actually didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say anything close to that. What I appreciate the is that- The table set us free. Layla is kind of on one this morning. I chose violence. Yeah, so I like that. I dig that. But why don't we do I'm this? a dependable individual, Lawrence. There's no doubt about that. Texas Loyalty. Says, do you ever use comics in the curriculum? Not really. It's a good thought. It's interesting. I mean, not really, though. Please go super hardcore book fair. Corey. Oh, hi, Corey. I haven't seen you in a while. But it changes. Like the, the cla- Like, that's the one thing I have learned. Where I haven't like a set syllabus kind of like how I have the course structured, but every year I walk away going, I need to change this, I need to get to this faster, I need to do evaluations on what it is they can and they can't do faster. Because even comm majors, you'd be shocked at how many of them are uncomfortable with the sound of their own voice. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just self-acceptance. That's that's a greater level of, that's mental health stuff, too. Yeah, and, and working through it. Like, I, I, I really love the experience. Still working Really, really it. love the experience. Like, it, honestly, that's probably where I end up when I retire in two years. Can we close out two years? Stop saying that. Okay, we're, we're all making note of this, right? Hey, can we close out our Yaha segment with something very important? Yeah. Corey Feldman? I did not. Oh. Quite the opposite. I did not think that there was going to be a resolution to De La Soul's catalog, only to find out at midnight Eastern last night. Yeah. It is now streaming. Yeah. So I'm getting goosebumps saying this out loud. So that that was kind of the tragedy of Dave passing away, is that it had been close to them finally getting what they deserved from all of the streaming services. Because De La Soul is like, De La Soul is basically the prince of hip-hop when it came to their music. It had to do also, though, with the ownership of the catalog and the bitterness that has been ensuing over media fights regarding things like that. For, for 30 years with them. And so they were doing stuff on, on WeAreDeLaSoul.com for forever. They were releasing new music there. So that was kind of the tragedy of it. They had made it to the finish line of this 30-year fight with their own record company and with the streaming services and they won. They they finally, like, I think Three Feet High and Rising just went platinum, like, three years ago, you know? And that was kind of the sad part of, of Dave dying, is that they had gotten to the place, they, they had won the war, and he isn't there to see everyone rejoice because they're getting paid fairly for their musical product, and now everyone gets to share in the musical product that is De La Soul. And his legacy is what he created. Yeah. Friendly reminder to everybody, even if it's not De La Soul level, you still should be creative somehow. I agree with that. It's a good outlet. I know that I've had a good run the last 18 months of creativity, and it's made a big, big difference. Uh, Want to talk some basketball? Yeah, we need to get to this. Yeah, here's some of the things that we're going to do on the show today. Uh, we just called an audible. We are going to talk about the Jose Abreu stuff uh, at 11 o'clock and let you know how he feels about his experience last year playing for the White Sox. I don't think we will be needing the positive music for that, Ray. 
Uh, Ray's in full... Jose Abreu needs the positive music. Oh, wait, he's going to have it because he's playing for a team that might win another World Series. Correct. Ray is holding it down by himself today. He's in full space command. We are going to talk with Joe Ostrowski at 1125. Mark Grody's going to be on the show at noon. Tucker Barnhart from the Cubs is going. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to him because he's already had one of those weird pitch clock thingies happen. So we're going to talk with him about all of that stuff in the Cubs. The base of the spine of the defense. Right. Get used to that phrase for Cubs, man. Jeffrey Bear is going to be on the show at 1245. If you love Chicago, you'll definitely want to stick around for that segment. We'll talk about Chase Claypool as well. But coming up next, Layla and I are going to talk about Vooch and Patrick Beverly and Billy Donovan and responsibility. We'll do that next here on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You know me, I'm going to be on Zach with Bean ass. I'm going to give him all the energy he needs, destroy people. Me and DeMar DeRozan, we good. I got a, a pop and five. Uh, Vujovic, I'm excited, man. Patrick Beverly talking about all the things that he's planning on doing that he wants to do as a member of the Bulls. The Bulls are 3-1 and one now with Patrick Beverly on the roster. They won the game two nights ago, even though it felt like they lost the game that they played two nights ago. But there was something that happened inside of the game that is worth a little bit of further discussion. Lawrence Holmes, Layla Rahimi here with you on the Bernstein and Holmes show. Dan is off today. Layla is hanging out until 2 o'clock. So there, did anybody check and see if Dan got to his intended destination? I mean, I'm pretty sure he got there, right? I mean, he, I'm going to laugh yeah, if Dan there. ended up in like Charlotte. Oh, he'd be just fine. He'd get back to his roots. But you know what I'm saying. You know what? How I know Dan got there because if he didn't get there, we would have heard about it. Yeah. Are you the sure? Full report. Oh, yeah. It's it would have be been Jason. very loud. Yes. It would have been very loud had he not gotten to where he was going. So he, I'm sure he's on the campus of Bucknell right now trying to get Mike Bray to be the head coach at Bucknell for some College strange Dan reason. Dan is pretty great. Hey, speaking of things I listen to with Molly and Haw, besides just uh, the pick six, which everybody knows I listen to, their conversation with Mike Bray is fantastic. I'm not From surprised. last week, it's so good. Like, if you want to hear a college coach in a good place who just doesn't care and wants to tell you everything – that's a great chat they had. Well, you know, that's kind of where the college coaches, the old college coaches are right now because they're having a hard time adjusting to the differences in the sport. He talked about that too. Because a lot of them pull in the parachute and they're like, oh, I got to get out of here and go do something else. Or I'm going to go down to a lower level or place where it's not as hot and do my coaching thing. Yeah, he he talked about Jay Wright. Like he he went to the places your brain went to, which was really cool. Yeah, like oh, I wonder if he's going to mention. Yes, he did. So just in case you're you're looking for a segment to pick up, that was an excellent one from last week. We have podcasts. We do. Although I guess something's been up with the podcast lately. And a couple of listeners have hit me on the text lines like I can't hear you guys. I don't I don't understand a word you're saying. So hopefully we will get that resolved if Hamster's that is not if that on the is wheel again. Problem. Yeah, we got to pay the hamster. Dang it. You know, he, he he's got to get his pay too. So Vooch and Beverly. So Beverly he gets blown by 
playing defense. And then Vooch didn't come over off of his man to recover. And then Beverly kind of says, hey, man, you got to be there. And Vooch is like, well, why don't you stay in front of your man? Why is it on me? Here's the thing that I think is interesting. The concept of Patrick Beverly is great. Like the idea of bringing someone in who's going to shake things up a little bit that is mostly positivity. Like he, he, he exudes like a positivity from what I've seen, the very small sample size of Patrick Beverly being on the team. But he's also demonstrative. And I feel like when I'm watching this, and obviously we're trying to judge from very far away, if I'm Vooch, I'm not upset that you're calling me out on a defensive rotation. I'm upset that you're calling me out on a defensive rotation in the middle of the game. Like that. Like that. Where the broadcast has no choice but to talk about it. Correct. There's a notable stoppage where everybody's still discussing it. Where DeMar has to kind of get in the middle of you guys and say, no, 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 everything's cool. And separate you a little bit. From Patrick Beverly's standpoint, why not address the problem right now? You know what I'm saying? Especially when it's a six-point game. Right. And you're with under six to play at that point. Right. And it's a lead that you gave up that you should not have given up. A 21-point lead. Which which we we will will get get into. For sure. But but I could I see parents it. depressed and their kids they're disappointed in their children. That's, That's right us again today. I see it from both perspectives. I I see Vooch being like, look, fam, you just got here. Like you you don't get to call me out on a defensive rotation when your man beat you off the dribble. And I'm the next body closest to the basket in the lane. Right. But I also see Pat Bev saying, look, sometimes I'm gonna get beat off the dribble. And my big is supposed to rotate over and help a brother out. I completely get that. But when you bring in a person like Patrick Beverly, you have to be ready. Now, he said all the right things. We're telling Zach exactly what Zach wants to hear. Shoot more. (laughs) Did you see his line? Man. He said, I was laughing. I was crying laughing. But he said, your job is not to pass. That's right. Did you see? I, I, he I, had zero assists and 41 points. I really wish, <laughs> I really wish that Billy Donovan had taken to that philosophy in the game against Detroit because here Zach is with 36 points at the end of the third quarter and he only gets one shot off in the fourth quarter during a comeback yeah, that, of a game. That was the part that I didn't like, but I was laughing when, when I'm like, to Zach was was Zach just like all I needed was one person to say it. That's Let's right. go. I finally got the validation <laughs> that I need to go and do my thing. It was it was just the most quintessential like NBA shooter shoot line. When I saw that, I could not stop laughing. And he he comes out in a Detroit game and has one of his best nights as a bull. And I think as an NBA player because he was super efficient, shot seventy percent from the field, shot sixty seven percent from behind three. And not getting him the ball was uh, problematic. This hour, by the way, is being brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit the website 56david.com. That's 56david.com. So when you saw that, Layla, when you saw that interaction, what was your reaction to it? I mean, it's it's on brand 
For Patrick Beverly, having worked with him for two years in Houston. I keep I, forgetting that you guys work together. I understand that that is, he's doing what I thought he would do. Uh, I think he's really leaned into the leadership role on this team in particular. I can't say that part of that isn't because of the fact that he's from here. Like, that's the dream, right? Like, you're from here. You want to play basketball in the United Center Court. Like, you come out to the Allen Parsons Project. And, 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 and you Tim wanna, Sinclair saying, from Chicago! I mean, you want that. Like, you want you want that life. And you want to make a difference on the team that you love. Like, here he is talking about one of his relatives wearing a Michael Jordan jersey every single day in the summer watching basketball. Like, that is... His high school coach was at the last game at the UC. Like, that's dope. That's it. Like, that's that's the dream. So I think for him, he's trying to be that person, right? Like he's trying to come in and he's probably seen the dysfunction on this team mm-hmm. because as, as much as the NBA talks about the NBA, players are paying attention. Players watch and see what's going on on other teams. So I'm sure he's like, okay, this is a team missing a lot of defense. Like clearly this is nothing new to us. So that's the, uh, that's the give I'm giving him, like the given in the algebra problem. Thusly, though, you know I've maintained Vooch is having a wonderful year. Vooch is not the problem here for me for the most part because I've accepted the fact that defensively he's not as assertive, but that's where the conflict is, right? It's like Vooch is doing what he needs to be doing. Do you think that there's anything to worry about? Because remember, the Bulls could have chosen to trade Vooch at the trade deadline but they think that they're going to be able to re-sign him in free agency. And if you're Vooch, aren't you using this time, especially with Patrick Beverly being here, who knows if Patrick Beverly is going to be the starting point guard for this team next year? Aren't you kind of going, huh, this is not what I want. Well, Let, let me see what else is out here in these free agency streets. Especially as a big. Like, especially when you're – when you're doing the things offensively that you're seeing the league really starting to lean into, even though it's still somewhat old school for, for the concept. Like I still think Vooch plays in, in modern offenses, but here's, here's the thing to me is Vooch has been here, right? Like Vooch is, Vooch is the one who's, who's been working on this year and he's been trying to do what he can. And Patrick Beverly just got here. Right. So it's like, Hey man, like I could see why for the both of them this is an issue. Like and, and there's I, there's mirrors on either either part of this. There's a mirror for Patrick Beverly to look into, there's a mirror for Vooch to look into. And frankly, the help defense on this team has not been to the level it should be. That's a big reason they've had issues. Well, with the bigs for sure. And and I would imagine that considering the way that things go on the offensive side, where there's a ton of isolation ball because Zach's ball dominant, DeMar's ball dominant. But we've seen the Bulls' offense look really good when it kind of goes through Vooch. Right. I'm sure that he's like, man, now I got this dude yelling at me for defensive stuff, and I'm still not getting my touches? Right. Like, that's that's kind of where I sat. I You could see it. Like, if you know, if you've watched enough games, you could see what was happening. Right. But here's the other piece of this that I can't quite understand. Why do you need somebody to be doing this to begin with? You mean a player? For a coach you just extended. I think that that is something that we should explore in depth. Let's talk a little bit about Billy Donovan, the coach, because there's some sound that we want to bring to you 
that will jump off the segment. So if you're a Bulls fan, don't go anywhere. Bernstein and Holmes, it's Lawrence and Layla here with you until 2 o'clock on The Score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. over here having whole other conversations. And I hate that because I don't like excluding people from conversations, but it's really not that important. No. You guys deserve better from us. Yeah, we're sorry. You deserve better. I'm the problem. It's me. That was a focus on the show. Was it this Wednesday? Last week. And last week as well, which is a good thing. It's Lawrence and Layla on the Bernstein at Home show today. We are going to talk about Jose Abreu. Here's what I think I'm going to do, Layla. I think I'm going to read some quotes from this piece that Steve Greenberg did. Oh, at 11? Yeah, so that we can talk about it a little bit. Um, Some people might think that it's negative, but we are trying to do positive White Sox stuff. Well, how about we just observe the stuff that's out there? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, we're letting the game come to us. We're trying. We're trying very hard, trying real hard, Ringo, to be the shepherd. That's what I'm out here doing. Okay. 708, I wish I knew the Von Erichs personally. I was just a fan. Yeah, you talk about a tragedy. Like, that oh. family is like everything so tragic with the Von Erichs. It is, man. Super tragic. But before we went to break, Layla, you brought up a point that I think that we should discuss very deliberately about Patrick Beverly and leadership and it it being necessary for it to happen with a player on the court. So where do we go from here on that? To me, I just want to know, why do you need that? And I think it's important for teams to have it. Rajon Rondo is a good example of that. The Lakers have made a point to have somebody like that. I think that's partially why he was on the team. You need a bunch of different personalities on a team, I think, especially in the NBA, to be a winning team. At the elite levels. So that that to me is is just, again, like a mission statement I believe in in sports. So I understand that that is something you need out of your players. You need players to take leads and be be leaders if, if that's where they are drawn to be. I don't like forcing people into any role like that. However, when you combine all the information, it starts to add up. Billy Donovan has been same song, different verse the entire season. We're about to hear something that speaks to this. We see a conflict happen on the floor in the game against Detroit, a team that they should beat, a team that they've they've really gleaned a lot of self-esteem uh, points this season from. The win in Paris is a good example. So then we draw the conclusions that, A, there's a leadership void. B, a player who just told some big truths about your team, who was hired because of a deficiency on your team, was granted a very amenable release Mm -hmm. in favor of another personality who already is seeing an issue here at times and has told you what he thinks they need. All of that is great. How does your coach fit into all of this when the results seem to be very similar? 
It's an excellent question. What I've said about Billy Donovan, and I and I, I stand by this. I feel like it's bared out. I really like Billy. I think Billy's smart. Seconded. I, I enjoy listening to him talk about basketball because I think he knows basketball. And I learn stuff when I hear him talk. I think that when it comes to in the game, in the actual game, he is barely above replacement level basketball coach. And there are things that I see where I'm like, for example, like we can look at the game on on Wednesday with Detroit and say, you're playing a team that you should beat. You're having an incredible night for one of your players. If you were going to play isolation basketball with any of the players on your team on Wednesday night, that person should have been Zach Levine because Zach was on one on Wednesday night. But the Bulls ended up playing isolation ball with DeMar. And I'm still waiting for Billy to, in those moments, call a timeout or during a media timeout and say, DeMar, we know what you can do, man. We know that you're the guy when it comes to a lot of these fourth quarter situations. This is one of those games where Zach's got it going, so we're going we're gonna to drop actions for Zach. We're going to give him an opportunity to, to carry and lift us out of this game because he's, he's on fire right now. And that's it to me is you and I are both huge fans of Billy Donovan. Dan is too. This is not the anti-Billy Donovan show. In fact, I think there is a brilliance to what he does because we can question this in a way that is respectful. We can, we can ask if adjustments need to be made in a respectful way because we appreciate what he does. That's right. That's egalitarian. That is as confidence. However, there's just a massive disconnect here because they abandon the game plan constantly. It happens a lot. Constantly. Now, and then there's a question, though, is that on him? Right, <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to figure out is what is the solution? This is not my chosen profession, so I, I don't have all the answers. But other people in that profession seem to. And you can't always argue that it's just about the players on the court. NBA is 100% about fits. I get that. But somewhere okay. in here is a solution that should make some sense. Why don't we hear from Billy? This is Billy talking about his team continuing to give up big leads and what it was like to try to come back against Detroit. I know how hard it is to win in this league, and never mind win, but win on the road. So I don't want to diminish the work that these guys put in and everybody puts in. But, you know, it's it's the thing that we've got to make a choice on. I, I was really encouraged the way we played basketball in that first half. We had 20 assists. I think we had 69 points at the half. We were moving the ball. And then we come out, you know, just very, very carefree, relaxed. And, you know, we got it back up to 20, didn't close the third quarter the correct way, and didn't start the fourth quarter the correct way. And you saw what happened. They're, they're playing with energy, and they're overwhelming us because we're just, you know, we had our foot on the gas in the first half. And then to start the third quarter, I took a timeout. I mean, the first minute and 30 seconds into whatever it was, it was I don't know if it was minute 30, but it was pretty soon. It's just we got to, like, eventually get that corrected where we just keep our foot on the gas and, and we just got to be able to do that. And I think it's – I've said this before. It's, it's, it's everyone. You know, we as coaches have got to try to find ways to – 
you know, correct it, help them, or do something to help them. And they've got his players, I think, also figure out, like, that they can't come there. And that's kind of what we fall back into. We fall back into this cup. So you see this team in the first, you know, 24 minutes of the game that's playing unbelievable, beautiful basketball. Then you see a team looking lethargic, uninspired, un, you know what I mean? And that's, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, to be quite honest, you know, because I have a lot of hope and optimism with this group because you see the best of these guys. And listen, as long as we're playing to that standard or trying to for 48 minutes, you know, it's fine. But, I mean, it happened against Washington. I think I mentioned to you that our offense was struggling in the first half. And then the second half, we came out and played great. Today, it was flip-flopped. I mean, we played an outstanding first half. And then the whole second half, you know, not the whole second half, but there were moments where it was just, you know, it wasn't good. We got up by 20, and we kind of caught ourselves. But, you know, and, and some of it, to be honest with you, we got lucky that we got up 20. We had some good things and good fortune happen to us. But we, we got to get, get that resolved. Yeah, poor Jaden Ivey. That was uh that was rough calling the timeout. Yeah, you can see the sadness on his face. It, and poor Dwayne Casey. The the real the real nugget here, the Easter egg, was the guy's face behind Dwayne Casey. Yep. When they <laughs> the guy in the tan blazer. It's like, oh, we didn't if, have any time. Please, if you can go back and see the video, because it is priceless. Here's here's one of the issues to me is. He is not the overbearing, overpunish, take Zach Levine out, tell you in the media that his defense wasn't good enough in the game coach. That's not what he does. And this is the flip side to having a player's coach is some of these issues, they're going to want you to figure out work out yourselves. Billy is quick to a whistle. We know that. If he doesn't like something he sees, he is quick to a whistle. But there's also an element of, no, you guys, you guys need to work on this. But if it's not working, what do you do then? And, and it makes it harder because they're likable. Right. Like, I like DeMar DeRozan. It's a, it's a team I love what full he of does. good dudes. I like Zach Levine. And frankly, I like Zach Levine's attitude toward this. He's not, I, he's not being disgruntled about it. He, everybody's like, yeah, this is what we want to do. Like, and you've seen all the reports back that up. That this is not something that has has worn personalities to anger. So I it, it's I think it's difficult. And frankly, I think Vooch has been really uh, to this point emotionally graceful about it. Absolutely. So I say this with utmost respect, but like I could see Patrick Beverly being like, "What what the heck is going on here? No, no," and and being frustrated by that. Or Goran Dragic doing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need an outsider's perspective to tell you the truth. But then But they've had it. The most important thing that you you just said is when you figure out that the style that you're using doesn't work, then what do you do? Like if you've given the players all of this opportunity to kind of work through it and figure it out as a coach, like what's your next thing that you have in your bag to try to get them to do what you need them to do? And we haven't seen that counterpunch from Billy. And the reason, that's what's upsetting. And the reason I say this so much is in the NBA, this is the established industry standard coaching style that works, right? Like mm-hmm. this is this is a formula it's a that players they know league. is proven. True. And I love that about the league. I love that nobody's beyond reproach. I love that you can talk about everything. Like that is that is a uh, to me, that's like why we're here, right? Like how we can how we can freely discuss all this, and you know, if you have a problem with somebody one day, you won't the next because we're human, and that's beautiful. 
But where do you go from here knowing that you have to have those people on the court and are they telling enough truths for you? Speaking of telling truths, Jose Abreu had some things that he felt necessary to say about his experience with the 2022 White Sox. We will share some of that and discuss next. It's the Bernstein and Home Show. Lawrence and Layla here with you until 2 on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.